4: That it does, and a very good day to you. I'm glad you have chosen to listen to this podcast. I'm encouraged that you have decided to download The Fifth Hour. We are here for you with extra podcasts. We are spending extra time. Quite frankly, we have nothing else to do because of the uh, situation we're in, but uh, why not? We're having some fun here in the podcast factory, and coming up on today's podcast we're going to have an extended version of Grab Bag, and because of a previous podcast, we did not have time to get to Don't Stick to Sports. So we will have Don't Stick to Sports Stories the Weekend. And as always on this edition of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, we are joined by gag on David Gascon.
5: really excited about my return. It's uh, been a long time away, away. but. Been a day. Uh,
4: an entire day away. It's uh, one. Well,
5: it's different. I know you're not used to engaging with your staff during your Monday through Friday show, and I bring a little light to the party. And here I am, uh, as vibrant as ever, Ben Mallard. Yes, uh, complaining,
4: grumbling. and I have all a, of that.
5: I have so. not done that once,
4: not yet. Eh. Eh, I know. I know that deep down, your inner bitch session is going to come out over something.
5: It oh, might, that, uh, but uh, I always save that for a rainy day.
4: Yeah. So, again, if you're new to the podcast, we're here every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday until further notice. The podcast numbers are up. The download numbers are up, which is very encouraging there. And we would like to remind you, all we need is one good minute. So, if you've got kids that don't really like this kind of nonsense, <laughs> just tell them, listen for a minute. We're good. Yeah, I don't think That's we it. should subscribe kids to listen to us. Um... <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen. I learned every dirty word I've ever said in my life in elementary school, on the playground in elementary school. So, yeah, younger than elementary school age, probably not. But uh, profanity and youth go side by side. You learn all the dirty words when you're a kid. And uh, in the past, I've encouraged, and this is still a great idea, if you've got grandparents yes. and they've got a smartphone, but they don't really know how to use it, you can take their phone, say, hey, i got to set something up for you, set up the automatic download, subscribe to the podcast, they become a subscriber and encourage them to just listen, teach them how to listen for like a minute. Just hit the play button. We get credit for that.
5: Do you ever want your grandparents to listen to what you say on the radio?
4: Uh, well, my grandparents aren't around anymore, but I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I think my old, my uh, my grandfather from uh, Springfield, Mass., um, he was like a plumber, and uh, he was like a blue-collar guy. He's the guy that spoke Yiddish. yeah. When I was growing up and I learned all the bad words in Yiddish and all that, he, I think he'd get a kick out of it. I think he would think it was funny. He would complain about something like you. He would uh, make a fuss over something. But I think he would listen to it and he would, he would be fine.
5: What about your dad? Does your dad listen to the podcast?
4: No, my dad does not do podcast. He doesn't understand podcast. He doesn't get podcast. It's over his head. He, he's he's of the age. and I hear this a lot. Like There's people that listen to the radio show that if I change affiliates in certain cities, you know, we because of network radio, we go on stations and off stations randomly. Yeah. And if you change stations, they can't find you. They think you're dead. They think that the show's over. The show's been canceled. I'm like, well, no, you can listen on iHeartRadio. There's plenty of streaming ways you can hear the show live if you want to listen live. And they're like, no, no, it's not on the radio. I'm not listening. My dad's of that age. Oh, boy. He doesn't understand technology, and which is odd because he worked around technology, early technology, in his younger days. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that does not, does not uh, carry over. So, uh, why don't we get right into grab bag? You want to get right into grab bag? Yeah, let's do it. All right, grab bag it is. These are actual questions by actual listeners sent in by random people like yourself. All right, so uh, here we go. First one's from Jason in Bakersfield, California. And I, when I would drive through California, going to Central or Northern California, I would always stop in Bakersfield. There was a restaurant that served poutine, and great poutine. Yes. And we would stop there on the way. And my wife found it on her phone on Yelp, and uh, and actually a kind of a, a cool, hip part of Bakersfield. So we would stop there and eat poutine. You ever had poutine, Gaston?
5: I have. I actually had it with with a local broadcaster here, Jim Fox, who used to play for the LA Kings. Foxy. Yeah, Foxy. Great Jim Fox. Took me to a spot down in Redondo Beach. And, oh, is that right? Yeah, but I,
4: I'm always looking for a good poutines place. Well, right now none of the restaurants are open. You can't go to them. But when they're open again, I'd like to to find out. I'd are like you... to go have some poutine. I love I love that a great Canadian dish. One of the great things Canada has provided the world.
5: Yes, it was in. It's in Redondo Beach. It's a spot called Eat at Joe's, and and I had it there. We were having a conversation, and he asked me if I had ever had it before, and I said no. And this was. We we're talking about work and things like that, and um I was a little reluctant at first, but uh, as soon as I started eating it, I, I was in love, man. It was it hit the spot.
4: That's good. Uh so Jason's question if you were on death row, what would you choose as your final meal? Oh man. That's tough. I would go with the Bellagio buffet, all you can eat Bellagio oh, come buffet. Come
5: on, man. <laughs> You can't do that as a last meal. Why
4: not? Then you can just keep eating, and you never have to They Uh, they can't take you to the electric chair or the gas chamber. You're just like, hey, I'm uh, just going to keep eating here. I got another plate of pasta coming my way. (laughs) 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 Your your final meal would be some some bullshit, high-end, (laughs) foo-foo crap. You're an elitist. Maybe. But
5: see, if you went to the buffet, would you do it for breakfast, lunch, or dinner?
4: Uh, I'm more of a lunch or dinner guy. Definitely not breakfast. Okay. Definitely not breakfast. I, I would go, depends. What do they have on the dinner buffet as opposed to the lunch? Lunch is more like turkey sandwiches, burgers, that kind of thing.
5: Yeah, they usually are like they have some bullshit steak or like a chicken cutlet. Um, you know, some soggy vegetables usually are in there, mashed potatoes, corn. Yeah. Well, you
4: know, the, the, the scam, and I learned this years ago on the buffet. Is they put at the front of the buffet the cheapest foods that fill you up the most. Yes. Because the goal of the They realize that most people are robotic, and they when they go to the buffet, they start at the beginning and they work their way to the end, well, the most expensive foods, the foods that are from like the Taj Mahal, right? the really expensive stuff, that is at the end of the buffet. So if you really want to screw the people that put the buffet out, start at the end of the buffet yeah. and eat the desserts and the very expensive, the, the high-end meats at the end of the buffet, and then work your way back to the front, because that'll fuck them up.
5: Now, I'm glad you brought up Vegas, because if I had a last meal, there's two entrees I would have. One of them was from Vegas. I had at Wolfgang Puck as a oh, restaurant. Here between,
4: we go. Mr. Uh, Aristocrat himself. Between, David between, Gascon. Man of the people. Be, Mr. Be, High Rent District himself.
5: Between the Venetian um, oh my God. and the Palazzo, he has a restaurant called Cut. And my best friend, who's a doctor in Dublin, Ireland, when he got into medical school, we went there. Not there, but like went to Vegas to celebrate. Um, We had... Japanese Wagyu. Ben for seven ounces, it was hundred and twenty-five dollars, but it was yeah. amazing. It was the best piece of steak I've ever eaten in my life. If I had to go like low profile, I would definitely have a California burrito from this spot in San uh, in San Diego called Santanas. It was I don't know if you like California burritos, but for those that don't, mine was with carne asada, French fries, salsa. A little bit more uh, potatoes that are in there, but it was absolutely fucking awesome. I would well, eat twice wanna, of those a day.
4: If you want to go to a restaurant, I would go like a big box of Tito's Tacos. I'd take one of those. I'd take um, Langer's Deli in LA. Oh, yeah, Langer's, Langer's is Deli. good. Yeah. Langer's is amazing. I love Langer's. I uh, need to get to Langer's again soon when they re I guess they're still around. I can pick up a sandwich and take it to go, but it's a long way to go for a sandwich from where I live. Uh, Langer's uh, Pastrami Sandwich, I would take that. Uh, on a Kaiser roll or uh, just the uh, the regular way that it comes um, Tito's uh, Johnny's Pastrami over there on the w- west side yeah. fortunately though it's not west of the 405 it's east of the 405 just east of the 405 oh boy I wouldn't eat there. I wouldn't eat at Tito Tito's is right against the 405 freeway in yeah, Culver City. That's true. And if it was on the other side, I wouldn't be able to go there because it's west of the 405, but it's east of the 405, so I'm allowed to eat there. Uh, wow. Well, it would suck if it was west of the 405.
5: I don't think it would. Actually, it probably, would. It might be marked up a couple more bucks, but uh, it definitely wouldn't suck.
4: No, that's the point of demarcation, Gascon. The 405 freeway is the point of demarcation. Okay, I don't know about that. It's, it's like crossing over into a different dimension in the
3: twilight zone. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.
1: Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals.
4: All right, uh, anyway, uh, so thank you, Jason. I spent wait. I think we spent uh, seven minutes on that, and we didn't give you much. Uh, this one is from, I didn't get the, oh, RJ. RJ in San Antonio says, who is a caller that has retired from calling the show or passed away that you would want to talk to one more time? And he says, I think I know the answer. Well, yeah, RJ, the answer is obvious. The, the greatest caller in the history of talk radio, Jeannie in Medford, Oregon. Um, Jeannie was such a cartoon character. I, for years, thought I was being punked. I thought it was a comedian. I, originally, I thought it was Pete in Pittsburgh doing a parody of a, a, an angry drunk woman from from Oregon. But it turns out that Jeannie was a real person, and she became one of our favorites on the show. And she would call us up a couple times a week and regale us with these wild stories. It was such an entertaining caller. Such a, a fun spirit, uh, Jeannie in Medford. She passed away. A couple of years ago, and I I got to talk to her uh, near the end. There, she was unfortunately in a hospice uh, situation, so I got to say goodbye to Jeannie. She was a big part of our show for years. The other one that I would throw out there, just off the top of my head, R.J. is another caller. I guess I would say this is the male version of uh, of Jeannie, Jimmy Ray from Tampa Bay. And you got to be an old-school listener to know Jimmy Ray from Tampa Bay. But Jimmy Ray would call me up, and he also sounded like a cartoon character. He would always call me on his way to the liquor store, or either going to get liquor or on the way home from the liquor store. And he had some wiles. This is Jimmy Ray from Tampa Bay. And he'd, he'd do the whole thing. And that brings up, actually, a, a radio story that I'll have to tell. Because I, I one of the other questions coming up is about... Uh, he wants to hear an old radio story. And I actually have a great Jimmy Ray from Tampa Bay a radio uh, story. Uh, but those are the calls. And Gascon, that's for me. You can't answer that. You don't like callers. You, you're an elitist. You think that it, the callers should not be on the air, that you're better than them. I understand.
5: Well, I don't use callers as a crutch. I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, some but you people... don't
4: host a caller show. You don't host any uh, well, show. So it's not, that's not the way that it works.
5: Well, I mean... You know, if you could help me out with that, I'd really appreciate it. I can, you know, does a lot for my career and paycheck and, you know, advances in life. Tommy. Why are
4: you? I got to get to more questions, you you schmuck. I mean, these people wrote these questions. I got to get to them. All right, fine. Tommy from Bedford, Virginia writes in. Says, guys, how long will it take you, he's talking to me, Ben in particular, to go to an Astros game once play is resumed? That's from Tommy. As soon as I'm allowed to. Now, obviously, I, I don't live in Houston, and so the Astros have to be geographically desirable. They play, they will play in Anaheim once things get back to normal quite often, so I'll be able to go to those games in Anaheim. I might even go to Oakland and see some games. I'm looking forward to being able to leave my house again and travel. But, I, yeah, I'm, once they say it's okay to go, I'm going. I, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go boo and hiss and... Do all that with the Astros. I look forward to it. It's one of the things I have. It's like looking a kid looking forward to Christmas, me looking forward to booing the A-holes, the Astros.
5: It'll be fun. I'm waiting for them yet yeah, to come out. That's the thing that's going to be really discouraging is if we don't get Major League Baseball until after July and there's no All-Star game here, I'll be sick to my stomach because Major League, Major League Baseball is supposed to have their All-Star game at Dodger Stadium. So if you're going to get one, possibly even two or three Astros in the building in that ballpark like that, that would have been beautiful. Then of yeah, course it the
4: been one fun, yeah, would have been really really cool. And uh, unfortunately, uh, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, I'm all all about that there, Tommy. I would go to it. This uh, this one did not write the name. Uh, actually, no, I think this is from Mark. Mark in uh, Nashville. Oh, this is a different question. Mark, Mark in Nashville asks, where's your all favorite place to eat at for everybody? Uh, well, I think we've already talked about that. I like Tito's Tacos in L.A. Um, that's my taco spot uh, for crunchy tacos. Gringo Tacos, they're called in uh, by the locals. And then I like Langer's Deli. Uh, that's my favorite spot there. There's a few other places I like. But you know, as far as chain restaurants, I would say Cheesecake Factory is my favorite oh, chain
3: fuck. restaurant. fuck.
5: Yeah, you paid oh, off your fuck. You paid off your weak bet to me by getting me a a Philly cheesesteak which really wasn't a Philly cheesesteak at the Cheesecake
4: Factory. Well, you you could have said, "Okay, the bet's squared up and eaten like uh, something else that's better at the Cheesecake Factory, but you chose to eat the cheesesteak." It's your to fault that.
5: anyways. I didn't tell I, you to do you, my, you could
4: have done something else.
5: I think my favorite place places to go to to eat um I love going to Mastros. Masters is a great steakhouse here in L.A. or even in Orange County, and the one in Orange County down on, in Crystal Cove is also connected in this plaza next to uh, Javier's, which is a Mexican restaurant, too. but
4: I've eaten at Javier's Do you before. like it? It's all right. It's a little too expensive. In Mexican food, the two things about I love about Mexican food, generally, they give you big portions of food, yes. and it's cheap. Yeah, Javier's does not give you big portions of food, and it's expensive.
5: Yeah. But uh, I, people watch there, and there's just a plethora of cougars that are all over the place. The of...
4: cougars are coming. The cougars yes. are
5: coming. And the sugar daddy's there as well. They'll just post up 60-, 70-year-old men. You got the the jewelry on, the, the, the jackets, the blazers. And they'll go oh. up to women that are a fraction their age. It is great.
4: <laughs> yeah, if you got the money, the women are they're all ears. Oh, yeah, it uh,
5: will. Flash um, favorite, the money. Favorite place, low budget. There's a, a spot, two of them actually here in LA, called The Loft. It's a, a Hawaiian restaurant, and it's nothing but like chicken katsu, chicken teriyaki, macaroni salads, some French fries. You get a monster plate for like $8. I used to eat that back in the day when I was uh, a little, or working out a little bit more. but That's more
4: my speed. That's yes, more my speed. You would love my it. Speed. All right. Uh, who has the worst new NFL uniforms, Atlanta or Tampa Bay? um I'm gonna go with Atlanta. I, I liked what the Carolina Panthers did this week where they mocked the Falcons <laughs> uniforms and do you see that little video yeah. they put out it does it looks like the longest yard. It looks like Adam Sandler's uh, uniform in the longest yard yeah it's uh it's pretty funny there they goofed on them like Tampa Bay's uniforms are boring they're lazy they're the old uniforms they brought back yeah. they went safe. Atlanta didn't do that. But they look—they're dumb. They're, I mean, it's not a good-looking uniform. I don't. It's not. I have no interest in. I'm not a Falcon fan or a Bucks fan. I, I've said, and I said this on the show, that the Buccaneers. I did a Maller monologue on the Buccaneers uniforms because that's the world we're in right now. And um, my position is Tampa Bay should have gone to the creamsicle. They should have yes. brought back Bucko Bruce. That would have been great. I would have bought a Bucko Bruce hat. Would have worn it. If somebody right. wants to buy me one for my birthday. I will wear it. I love Bucko Bruce. But uh, yeah, so
5: I don't anyway. know why teams don't go retro Tampa Bay with their creamsicle, the, the San Diego Chargers with their baby blues. The San Diego Padres are going back to their Browns this season whenever it returns. I mean, yep. there's some old school uniforms that really rocked. I just I don't get it.
4: Yeah, well, part of the reason they want to sell new stuff, right? And people have they have the old... like At Tampa Bay, how are they going to make much money on jersey sales? Because they just had those uniforms five years ago. Most people yeah. in their closet have one of those jerseys in their closet. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, grab bag. Actual questions from actual listeners submitted to our Facebook page, which is Ben Maller's show. If you want to submit a question for a future episode of The Fifth Hour, you are more than welcome and encouraged, in fact, to do that and we put that up. Usually Wednesday, we'll give you a couple days to put some questions in to the podcast Content Kitty, as some would like to say. Uh, Carlos in Houston says, Ben, you talk to any uh, do you talk to any of the competition from other networks? If so, uh, who? Uh, well, Carlos, I, I do have friends that I've worked with in radio that work at competing networks. I have some friends that work at CBS radio and ESPN radio. And, uh, occasionally, uh, I will chat some of them. I don't even know in real life. And I've just become social media friends, uh, with with some of these people, um, Who's the, the guy that does the night show at ESPN who's been there for years at ESPN Radio? I've um, become, I don't know, we we send messages every once in a while back and forth. Um, of course, I'm having a brain lock on his head, um, but I've uh, come fr- uh, you know, acquaintances with him. I've uh, several people I know that work at CBS Sports Radio, for example. So I, you know, I don't, I, I knew a, a ton of people at NBC. They went out of business, but a bunch of old Fox Sports Radio people uh, were working there. So, yeah, I mean, I know some of these people. I don't We're not like talking every day. I I have a network of radio people, but there are a lot of local guys that I've known that are buddies that I'll send messages to and we'll go back and forth and shoot the shit and complain about uh, our situations or what's going
3: on in the business and uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
2: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Chris in Iowa writes in, he says, if two black holes of equal mass collided, who would win and why? This is for Gascon. Gascon, you want to answer that?
5: Um, Blind Scott.
4: Wow. Uh, Don Juan from Duluth writes in, he says, would, could you guys work at a hospital right now in this coronavirus pandemic? Now, would I? Uh, yeah, uh, I I, w- I would be open to it. I would not be like, oh, I can't work there. I'm afraid and all this. If I could help out, I don't know what I could do other than maybe cleaning, which is important. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really qualified to do anything medical wise I don't have the training for it. I think I could figure out how to clean and disinfect stuff if I was wearing gloves and a mask and all that um you know. So would I? Sure, I would. Yeah, you know, you know, could I? Sure, would I? I, you know, I have a job right now, so probably not. I uh, guess would not, though. He's west of the four hundred five, so you would not go into a hospital and work right now, well, Gascon. That would be below you. Of know, course, right? I would. And I got That's
5: a I got friends that are in medicine. I got friends that are nurses and doctors. Friends that are in pharmacy. Yeah, I would. I mean, that is the war that we're in right now. It's not on the on the front lines of of the military of the armed forces, but. Yeah, I mean, in the medical field, obviously I don't have any kind of education in that background, but one of my good friends is actually in trauma, and he's doing this in in Dublin. I think the the higher risk, believe it or not, um, are the men and women that are, are civil servants as fire or police officers, because they have little to no protection from the coronavirus, and they still got jobs to do. I mean, they're taking... Some procedures, but they're not full like PPEs, right? Like they don't have the masks. They don't have the gloves on uh, the the face shields and whatnot. And, you know, I see the crap that's going on in New York with officers getting hit. And I mean, that's I mean, that, that in itself is, is a bigger risk than I think being inside of a hospital right now.
4: Well, I could. You talk about front lines. How about I could work at a? Uh, I think I could handle the grocery store. We got a lot of guys that listen to the show that are stocking the shelves oh, yeah. at grocery stores. I think I can handle that. And that I'd always said that, that I'd work at Costco if I couldn't work <laughs> in radio. That would be my fallback. I'd go to Costco. But I don't even know if I could get a job at Costco now because it's uh, so. I mean, that's that's where the work is. Uh, but there's a lot of people already, obviously, filling those. Uh, yeah, yeah you
5: could work for Amazon. How about that? You could transport the groceries. There you go.
4: I could do that. Absolutely correct on that. All right, it is Grab Bag. And who is next here? Oh, Jack in Greensboro, North Carolina says, if the world continues to fall apart and you are finally deemed non-essential in sports radio, what is your backup plan? Well, I just said working at Costco. Uh, but I'm a hustler, Jack, and uh, I'm, I'll do something. if I, whatever, I, whatever work I can get, because my goal is to not end up like that bum in Miami, weed man hippie. So I will find a way to get employment, and I'm not afraid to do something, well, oh, that's below you, I don't really care about that. I just, I have bills to pay, and whatever will help me reach that destination, I am more than willing to do. I'm very lucky that I have the job I have now, but I know this doesn't last forever. So I, I would certainly be willing to do something else. And. Uh, Gascon's got a bigger problem because you would not. you were you're west of the 405, so you would not go below that.
5: Yeah, I'm in a different predicament, especially because a lot of my background was in sales. Like I started in sales when I was in college after playing football and then you know I got a couple degrees and my degrees aren't even in sports and entertainment. Humble like- brag. Yes, I
4: mean, it's A Humble ba-
5: bachelor's degree from San Diego State and a master's from Northeastern. So
4: Lay it on thick. Like it peanut was, butter. Extra creamy. You know, I'm thi- uh, proud butter. of Lay being on. an
5: Aztec and a Husky. I, I oh. think it'd be, you know, it'd be a tough transition for me. I, You know.
4: Give you, hold on a second. Let me give you a gold star here. Let me give you a little gold star. I appreciate that. A little that. sticker. A little star. A little back rub, That's too, nice. if you like. Uh, How about an attaboy? Appreciate it. an attaboy? Yeah, I like that, too. You know. High five. There we go. that. good. Are you done? I am. I'm am done. Okay. Uh, Freddie writes, and he says, was that John Heyman on the phone doing your radio show the other day? <laughs> <laughs> you know, right after Real Talk brought your entire show down. Uh, yes, that was a John Heyman segment on the phone. Uh, call, call, a call-in segment. Oh, man. Everyone's a fucking critic. All right. Uh, Robert writes in, he says, to stop the pandemic and open all sports back up, you have to choose three professional athletes to make retire. They have to be an all-star to MVP caliber player, uh, all of them, uh, from the NBA, NFL, or Major League Baseball. Surely there are three top-level players you could do without. All right. right. Well, I'm going to go first, Gascon. I've got my three, all right? All right. Go ahead. Uh, This will end the coronavirus pandemic. These three athletes are going to have to retire. I've got Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, and Justin Verlander as my three. Who says no to that? Come on. That's pretty good. It's a good list, right? Yeah. Verlander, Cy Young guy, Bregman, Altuve, all-stars. Altuve's a former MVP when he cheated to win the MVP award. So those are my three guys. Done. Boom. Easy.
5: Yeah. I'd be down for Bryce Harper, Aaron Rodgers, and LeBron James.
4: I'm right there with you on LeBron. I think the, basketball would be better without LeBron. I think that would be great. Sure, get rid of LeBron. How about Russell Westbrook, too? How about no Russell Westbrook?
5: I don't know. Bye-bye so I, I like, to Russ. I like Westbrook, man. Yeah, you would like him. Yeah, Selfish. He's, he's a pit bull, man.
4: Yeah. Terrible teammate, just like you. I,
5: I think I'm a great teammate, if you ask me.
4: Well, he thinks he's a great teammate, too, if yeah, you ask him. I'm not, uh, you know. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> same deal. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jesse from Pomona writes and He's a big P1 in the Maller Militia. He says, with sports now gone for good these days, has this been the hardest you've had to work? All right. Now, Jesse, I get this question a lot, and I, I guess I'll answer it every week. Um, it's, it's different... But I have actually been pleasantly surprised. I figured by a month into this that we would really be on death doorstep. But we have not. The way I will say, it's kind of like the alcohol content, the volume of alcohol. You know how some alcoholic beverages have more alcohol in them than others? Yeah. Like I feel like normally the alcohol content in sports radio is like a 70. But now we're at about a 20. There's still alcohol content. You know, there's still some pow there, but not as much. There's not as much variety. I like variety. There's It's harder to find variety right now, Jesse, because of the times we're in. But there's decent things to talk about. And so I, I've been, like I said, pleasantly surprised that we have not reached rock bottom. So that's a good thing.
5: I, I just, it annoys me now more than ever that, List Radio has been so prevalent. And hey, you have, I haven't
4: done List Radio, guess nah, I you know, but me from taking call. I've not done Mount Rushmore. Uh, I haven't done that. No yeah. List. None of that.
5: So we have List Radio, the Mount Rushmore. Then we have the stupid uniform hype videos that we get now. So people are talking about uniforms, uh, the e-sports coming into play with these athletes that are playing video games. Like those are the things that we're having conversations about now, which is a little... I don't know, it's a lot of annoying. It's not a little annoying. It's a lot of annoying. So part of the NFL, but yeah, that's where your twenty percent comes from.
4: Uh, Derek in uh, Wytheville, Virginia. I think that's how you say it. W Y T H E V I L L E, Virginia, uh, says if you had a professional wrestling name, what would it be? I feel like we've we've we gotten this that. question before. Yeah, and. Uh, you have a different name this week? Yes, no, no. My name this week will be Barracuda Benny. That'll be my wrestling name this week, Barracuda Benny. My name. Uh, Adrian writes in and says, have you ever walked out of a movie, and if so, which one? I feel like I've been asked this over the years also, Adrian, but um, I have walked out of a few movies. The one I remember, the last one I walked out of, I was with my wife at a movie theater in L.A. We walked out of Ted 2. The Seth MacFarlane Talking Bear movie, the second one. We walked out of that. Uh, she did not enjoy that film, and we uh, skedaddled out of there to go have dinner. So that was right next to the Italian place in North Hollywood not North, uh, East Hollywood. Um, Palermo's. You ever been to Palermo in no. East Hollywood? Is it any good? Oh, it's it's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, I'm surprised that's like an old police hangout, Palermo's. I'm surprised you hadn't been there. I'm not in police though. So. I know, but your family, you figured your dad might have taken you back in the day, no? No.
5: Nah, dad kept me away from all that shit.
4: Mm, all right, It's just, it's just a fucking, it's an Italian restaurant, dude. Who cares? I don't know. You
5: ever walked out of a movie? No, I've never walked out of a movie. I don't know why. And I've watched some bad movies in my time. I was tempted to walk out of the last Star Wars movie. Yeah, the Star Wars movies have really, really taken a turn down to the, uh, no pun intended, dark side.
4: Well, haven't they just become chick flicks now? They've tried, yeah. You know, yeah, That's what happened. Got the agendas. Exactly. Got it. Check a box. Check the box. Uh, this is from Dan in Durham, North Carolina. Listen to the podcast. He says, we have two free-range urban chickens, Cheryl <laughs> and, and uh Cheryl and Cheryl. Cheryl with an S. Uh, or Cheryl and Cheryl, I guess. I don't know. Cheryl with an S and then Cheryl with a C. Uh, one day, Cheryl ate a whole live garden snake. Cheryl was pissed that Cheryl didn't share. The question is, are you guys aware that chickens can eat snakes? Uh no, no. I've never heard of. Have you ever heard of that? That was that.
5: that was not discussed on Super Size 2, so I have no idea <laughs> that that was possible.
4: I do like that he included free-range urban yeah, chickens. Yeah, that smells great. That. That's, good. <laughs> That's, a <good> <laughs> That's a good line by Dan. Um uh, no, I always thought chickens just eat that shit they put in the chicken coop. You yeah. know, That's the, whatever that fo- that chicken feed. All right, uh, Fats from Philly. I love this guy, Fats. He says the rumor of eating a bat to start the pandemic. What? Is, with that being said, the most unusual foods you have experienced. Now, again, I've been asked some version of this, Fats. I only eat what I know and like. I don't leave the reservation with food almost almost never at this point in my life. I've established I'm you a know, middle-aged guy. I know what I like. I know what I don't like, and I very rarely go away from my comfort zone when it comes to food. So I, I'm the wrong person to ask. But the right person is the elitist 1%, David Gascon, who has eaten probably every animal on God's earth. Over the years, I would think. No. No? But I've tried squid before. Have um, you eaten bat? No. Would you eat a bat? No. You would no. not eat a bat. Um, would, have you eaten spiders?
5: No, never eaten spiders. Cockroaches? No. I'm not diverse when it comes to eating all these exotic things that people would classify as. I'd... If you
4: deep fried a cockroach and put chocolate no. on it, it would taste fine. Yeah, Right. I mean, it would.
5: It, you, you know, it, if you wrap something in bacon, I'd probably be more reluctant to try it.
4: You'd be you'd be more open or more reluctant? More reluctant. More like, reluctant. Yeah, if just, it's wrapped in bacon, really? Yeah,
5: just because like bacon is the end all be all of foods, like bacon usually makes anything good. But if you have to put it and you have to complement it with bacon, then that's telling me something else.
4: Huh. All right. Yeah. Do you know the history of bacon? That we'll have to do a, uh, a future show about the history of bacon. No, you do not know. All right, we'll have to. Get, I don't have time. I do want to do that right now because that's that's <laughs> worthy of its own standalone but you podcast. But
5: right, like bacon always makes things better. And if you need to mask it yeah. with bacon, you're in trouble.
4: Oh, so you're saying those street hot dogs in L.A. that are bacon-wrapped, that <laughs> yeah. those are really uncooked hot dogs you should not be eating because uh, you're only tasting the bacon and you're like, not tasting the disgusting stuff in there? Yeah, it's like rat on the streets of L.A. Oh, all right. Uh, these are actual questions by actual listeners. Jim from Minnesota. He says, the Minnesota Maller Militia checking in. He said, you shared a funny story about your days with Hacksaw. <gasps> how he said some very inappropriate something very inappropriate and didn't realize it. yeah hacksaw used to interview a writer from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel named Mike Hunt and hacksaw would I love hacksaw we should get him on the podcast but he would reset and he would say we're talking with Mike Hunt from and it sounded like he was saying you know it's well you know what it sounded like he was saying yeah and uh, it was very enjoyable uh, very enjoyable for those of us that were at the radio station we were laughing hysterically And uh, Jim says, I'd like to hear some more ridiculous, awkward, crazy experiences you've had in your years in radio with people and situations. He says he loved the fifth hour last week with your friend and guest from the old Clipper days. Well, Jim, I've got one. I mentioned, I was going to tell this earlier, it involves Jimmy Ray from Tampa Bay. I, this is one of the funniest things. When I write my book, I'm going to have part of a chapter dedicated to Jimmy Ray from Tampa Bay. So Jimmy was a very uh, eccentric, uh, outgoing, flamboyant caller, and a raging alcoholic. And unfortunately, that led to his untimely demise from this planet. But he was a great character on our radio show years ago. And Jimmy had reached out to me. His health was getting worse. He had cancer. He was not in good shape. And so I was keeping him comfort in the last part of his life. and I knew that the end he was not getting good news on the cancer. it was not going well for him. And so but we were corresponding. And then finally Jimmy passed away and one of his friends contacted me and said that that Jimmy's uh, wish, one of his final wishes was that some of his he was had written poetry and he wanted me to read some poetry on the air that he had written. And they were going to play this at his funeral. Okay. So this was the bit. And and so I said, okay, you know what? I don't normally do this kind of thing. It's very awkward for me, but I will do this. I love Jimmy Ray. He was great for the show. He was a great character. So I'm going to do this. So the guy sends me a poem that Jimmy Ray had written and he says, all right, tell me when you're going to do this. I'm going to make sure I record it. And then I'm going to, I'm going to play this at the funeral. So I said okay, I'm going to do it, you know, the second you know, B block, uh Saturday night, I was doing weekend overnight, Saturday night But I put, you know, the the poem in here. So I get on the air and I'm gonna say, I have some poetry coming up, you know. I have poetry. I'm so excited about this. So uh, I then and I don't announce cuz I didn't want to say this is for Jimmy Ray's funeral. So I didn't announce. So I then read the poetry and it was, you know, it was okay, it was fine. I don't really remember what the poetry was. All I remember is I'm reading the poetry and I'm interrupted before I even finish the poem from Steve Desager at the news desk. Desager then chimes in and says, "Roses are red, violets are blue, and I'm a better poet than you," and and then proceeds to rip <laughs> Jimmy Ray's po- poem, and, <laughs> and I'm like, "No, oh, they're gonna play this at his funeral, you dummy!" and um, and and then the Sager to this day, when I bring this story up to the Sager, I love Steve, but Steve tells me, Well, you didn't tell me. I Still, what are you doing? <sighs> So I just imagine at this funeral somewhere in the Tampa area <laughs> that all of Jimmy Ray's drinking buddies from the bar were gathered around the, 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 you know, the, you know, the, his his tomb and his grave, and they're playing on a little cassette recorder. They're playing this, and they hear DeSager ripping the shit out of Jimmy <laughs> Ray's poem. I, it's just hilarious.
5: That's a great Steve DeSager story. I've yeah, never it heard was
4: it was so amazing, you know. And I was I was just trying to be smooth, you know. Guest gone. I did. I, was like, I didn't want to announce what I why I was doing. I just wanted to do it as a tribute to Jimmy Ray yeah. and to uh, Sager. Just it's totally shit all over it. it was so, it was hilarious. <laughs> that's great. It was uh, it was wild. Um, anyway, so that's my story, Jim. I'm uh, Matt from Mansfield, Texas, uh, uh, writes and he says, my wife just started watching mcmillions which brings to mind the question outside of the astros scandal what's your favorite sports scandal? you want to go for uh, first guess what's your favorite sports scandal?
5: man um do you consider wrestling uh sports
4: yeah sure yeah
5: all <laughs> right i, I guess i go way back this is in the 90s when bret hart was was screwed over by vince mcmahon um I don't know. I forget what it was, but they they referred to it as the Montreal Screwjob, where Vince McMahon uh, conspired with, uh, with a couple different wrestlers to oust Bret the Hitman Hart because there was a main event that was supposed to be taking place, or was taking place in Canada, where Bret Hart is from. And Shawn Michaels was his opponent for that match, and there was a point in the match where... Um, Shawn Michaels performed Bret Hart's finishing move which is a sharpshooter and at that point what happened was Shawn Michaels was supposed to put him in the sharpshooter and Bret Hart was going to reverse the move reverse the move and then beat Shawn Michaels with the sharpshooter that never happened McMahon was sitting ringside and he told the official to like ring the bell and then rang the bell and it screwed Bret Hart out of the belt and he was supposed to be retiring after that um and so obviously he was like, "What the fuck went on?" Obviously, you know, wrestling is staged. But when the match was over, he hawked this giant loogie at Vince McMahon, and uh, <laughs> it was known as the Montreal Screwjob. So you can go back and watch that on on YouTube. I forget is what it, event. Is there
4: a was documentary it? on that?
5: Um, well, I know that they have stuff on the WWE channel regarding um regarding that event. So oh, okay. um, I I forget what it was. I don't know if it was WrestleMania or a SummerSlam um yeah it was uh god i forget what it was but it was an event oh survivor series that's what it was back in 1997 survivor series so so yeah that was that was probably my biggest sports controversy i I mean the stuff with deflate gate really doesn't get up there the astros is number one that's
4: yeah the astros is great right now i would say at the time the Kobe Bryant rape thing was wild. Yeah. The, the Tiger Woods mistress story that broke on Thanksgiving. I'll never forget the night I was on the radio because I was working Thanksgiving weekend and TMZ dropped the bomb on Tiger Woods, right? And mm. it was it was so crazy. And I, I did a monologue right away without knowing all the facts. I, of course, I did a monologue. And Legally Blind Brett, I will never forget the phone call from Legally Blind Brett. He called up and said, he starts berating me. This is nothing. This is a non-story. You're wasting time. It's tabloid crap from TMZ. Don't believe it. You, you're better than this. You shouldn't be talking about Tiger Woods and the mistress. It's fake. You know, it's like fake uh, story or whatever. And uh, it became the biggest story in in the the world, entertainment or sports. Yeah. At the time, how about the Michael Vick dog fighting?
5: That was good.
4: That was good. The Manti Teo fake dead girlfriend was a wild story yeah. when that came out i mean there's been a bunch of them there have been a bunch of these things over the years but uh the, the kobe sexual assault the the astros is number one but the kobe sexual assault when it happened michael vick dog fighting uh all these these things over the years I have mean, been he, uh, been aaron aaron hernan is the murder and when he got arrested for murder yeah how wild was that an active nfl player i mean uh, arrested and charged with murder
5: i think even the blackout in the super bowl between the ravens and 49ers was pretty good too I mean, that, yeah we've had a lot of scandals that have popped up yeah years.
4: you don't forget about you, you kind of forget about them in the moment uh you know as time goes on oh uh, and
5: Nancy Kerrigan that one was good with Tanya Harding yes you got a hitman out there Ray Carruth and now obviously you got Chris Johnson how about Ray Lewis the bloody suit yeah. the
4: Super Bowl 2000 yeah remember that
3: that yeah.
5: was
4: that was interesting OJ Simpson
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
2: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court, and what's next. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Uh, I mean, I have a couple more, couple more questions here. Uh, Jeff in Clarksville, Indiana, across the Ohio River from Louisville, Kentucky, says, "What is the most redneck thing you own or have done?" The Maller Militia wants to know. All right, oh, Gascon, man. you're a redneck.
5: Yeah. Um, okay, I guess most redneck thing that I have, if you want to consider it redneck, or oh, two things. Um, I have an old school General Lee. Like I, When I was a kid, I loved Dukes of Hazzard. So I got okay. the old school car models of that. Um,
4: you ever had a truck bed jacuzzi? That's a redneck thing to do. Put a jacuzzi no. in the back of you. You've never done
5: that? Um, I was asked to take some rather um, different Glamour shots once.
4: Oh, much like Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, no, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> so
5: I had to dress up as a redneck, so I had to wear this trucker hat, and I had to shave part of my beard so it looked like I had this handlebar mustache. <laughs> it was fucking awful. I wear this like black and gray flannel. I did look like I was from the south. Uh,
4: I'm trying to think like what I, I don't know that I have any redneck tendencies. What do you think, Ask? You, you know what you know about me? Is there anything that's like I, redneck? I slingshot.
5: Like, did you ever own a slingshot as a kid and like shoot birds or like?
4: No, I never shot birds. I did have at one point. I played around with a slingshot, but I used to hang out in the orange groves. I, when I grew up in Orange County, there were nothing but orange groves around the neighborhood yeah. I grew up in. So we used to run around and and throw oranges at it. we had a big orange fights and stuff like that back in the day uh yeah. like i think redneck i think fishing i think uh guns uh, with your what sister? else do i think uh trucks big trucks a lot of the people i live around have i tell my wife all the time i say, where we live there's people driving around big trucks with like flags in the back yeah i feel like that's kind of a redneck thing to do uh, yeah. that's a stereotype for the redneck uh i see a lot of that in my area but i don't think there's anything i'm just got to be something i just i'm not recalling anything right now like I've, I've never made a redneck raft you know where they just like put like a <laughs> a, a chair on a yeah. couple of pieces of sticks and they go out in the lake i've never done that um yeah so i nothing nothing comes to mind i guess that's not good all uh, right that's not good all right do we have any don't stick to sports got a couple of those you want yeah, to sneak in about, here Gascon, how about or?
5: one here at work um i was in the studio and and the studio itself and how it's assembled now for all uh, essential personnel is there's nobody that's in the same studio outside of like with people that are on your show R- roberto and coop are in the same studio but where eddie is at Eddie's by himself yep. so i was in that same spot a few days ago one of your producers that we've worked with gavin kinsel um cave in to shoot the shit with me about something that was going on just playing grab ass or whatever And my shift at the time was 11 to 4 o'clock. Gavin was done talking, he left. And then an hour, hour and a half later, I get off of work. And as I'm packing up, Steve DeSager, no, Brian Fenley comes into the studio and I'm trying to leave. Only problem is I was looking for my keys and I couldn't find my keys. I had gone from my car to the main studio to the update studio and that was it. Only three spots in this entire building that I was in. Looked at my bag, looked at my jacket looked in the studio looked in the other studio nothing no keys anywhere could not fucking find it one bit so i go to my car you're
4: going senile by the
5: way i know i'm going senile i go to my car to check and see if the door was unlocked it was not but i have keys that are sensory activated so if you leave uh if you leave the car the door locks automatically so i was like okay there's no way i would have locked my keys in the car but i couldn't find my keys anywhere Ben, this went on for like an hour and a half to two hours. I could not (laughs) find my keys. And I was so pissed off that I called AAA. And AAA came and jimmied my door, got it open. The alarm obviously goes off, but my keys weren't in the vehicle. And I had no idea where the fuck my keys were. So I started asking people if they took my keys as a prank. And this goes on for two hours total in length. And I call Gavin. I'm like, hey, yo. By any chance, do you have my keys? He's like, What? I'm like, Do you have my car keys? He's like, No, why would I have your car keys? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just asking. I can't find my keys. I can't fucking leave and go home. Where the fuck are my keys? <laughs> he calls me back 15 minutes later and he's like, Hey, do you have a Toyota? I'm like, Yeah, I have a fucking Toyota. I have your keys. I'll be down there in 20 minutes. No. That fucker made me call AAA and waste an additional two and a half hours for his ass to get here so I can get my fucking keys back. I wanted wow. to beat his ass.
4: That's great. That's not great. Why is that great? got about his email address right now so people can attack him? Go ahead.
5: Uh, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I have his you- telephone number. So oh, I you don't want to know. give out his
4: telephone number? No, right I don't now? want
5: to do that. How about this? Uh, residents right now out in Riverside County run the risk, Ben. If they don't wear masks in public, they could face a fine of $1,000.
4: For- yeah, this is crazy to me. I, I feel like we're taking this to uh, levels it does not need to be taken to. Yes. Now, I am following the guidelines, um, and I think most people are, and if other people choose not to, I don't think they deserve a $1,000 fine, really? Uh, It seems... Seems rather absurd to me. It seems uh, like police state-ish, shall we say.
5: Well, that's the world we live in. How about this? Here in Los Angeles, there's a a porn-based production company called Vixen Media Group. They announced the option for certain performers to receive $250,000 worth of production equipment. That includes cameras, toys, and lingerie to continue performing. How about that?
4: Yeah. Show must go on, Gascon. Oh. Show must go on. These people need to perform. I'm assuming this is for the women mostly, not the dudes, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah,
5: I don't know. That's pretty fascinating. So it's the world we live in right now. You got to adapt and and overcome. No pun intended. That's right. Yeah, exactly.
4: There you go. <laughs> I, I love some of these, <laughs> some of this stuff. The. Uh, did you see the the newspaper in Cleveland? This is a great headline. The Cleveland Plain Dealer. The newspaper staff was told they can no longer cover Cleveland.
3: <laughs> did, you
4: see, did you see this? <laughs> the uh, twenty-two journalists unfortunately were let go. The remaining fourteen people that work at the uh, the newspaper were told they could no longer cover Cleveland, Cuyahoga County, or the state of Ohio. Oh. <laughs> He said, "You're you're not uh, apparently the. I'll give you the details on this. There was a statement released that the remaining staff. um, This, according to a TV station in Cleveland, the uh, plane dealer shared news reporting focus with the members of the newsroom, and uh, they uh, they said essentially no local journalism because there's five counties in the greater Cleveland area, and uh, they're they're told not to cover." Cleve that's
5: great isn't that wild that is absolutely fantastic
4: <laughs> yeah it is uh it, it would kind of be like running a sports radio sh- just saying, don't cover sports like they've told us not and we can talk about other stuff but like, we're still a sports radio network yeah. you know it's it's uh it's pretty wild man yeah pretty pretty wild so we can we put this baby to bed yes the baby is going to bed and i hope you have a great day we'll be back on the radio Sunday night into Monday morning, 11 p.m. in the West on a Sunday night. That's 2 a.m. in the East. And if you're in a different time zone, figure it out. Use no callers, company. right?
5: No callers at all?
4: Well, it's an interactive show, Gascon. Well, that's it's a caller-driven show. They can interact
5: on social media, Facebook we'll and Twitter and Instagram.
4: We don't take many calls, dummy. You make it seem like we take a ton of that's calls. I take fewer calls now than I've ever taken oh. before. We take a couple here and there, maybe two an hour or something yeah, like that.
5: That's painful, regardless.
4: Yeah, six calls in in four hours or or, or eight calls in four hours. I'm not a like fan that.
5: of it. I'm just I'm just yeah. trying to be honest with you.
4: Well, people aren't a fan of you either, and I've been. How many people have sent me emails saying, "Please get rid of Gascon. I can't listen to the podcast." You know, moving man, Matt and or Mark rather. He he's like, hey, or Matt rather. He's like, hey, you can't uh, you can't have Gascon. I hate Gascon. Like guy's uh, an idiot. Anyway, all right. <laughs> uh, if you want to reach out. Tell a friend about the podcast. If you want to recommend somebody that we can interview, we had Lenny Dykstra on. We had a friend of mine from Radio Lee Klein last week. If you want to recommend somebody for a future episode of the show, you can certainly do that. You can contact me on Twitter, at Ben Maller, Facebook, Ben Maller Show, and our Instagram page for me is Ben Maller on Fox. We also have a show email that we can give out, which is The Fifth Hour, I believe, right? Yes. The Fifth Hour at Gmail dot uh, com and Gascons on social media also
5: yeah on Twitter at David J Gascon and Instagram at Dave
4: Gascon all right be safe stay healthy and we'll catch you next time
0: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me Jay Harris that you won't want to miss Playing Dirty Sports Scandals each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever.